And welcome to the final front bench with political editor Barry Soper, Act Party Press Secretary, former Act Party Press Secretary Trish Serson, sorry Trish, and former Labour Party Minister Chris Carter. Hello. 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 Good afternoon, Heather. Chris, can you stop it right now? I can see the grin from ear to ear. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Chris, Bar- Barry, I'm just excited about such an interesting and exciting election. <laughs> Let's just say Chris is being far more well-mannered than Calvin Davis. <laughs> I can tell you that much. Oh, I, I enjoyed his little rhyming poem at, uh, at the town hall on Saturday. It night. was totally inappropriate, Chris, oh. because, look, you should be generous in victory. Barry, he, he was, was having a little bit of, of fun. It was nothing. No, it wasn't. The, uh, no. Barry... Barry, you will remember well the 2008 election where people were driving around with cars saying about, with statements about Helen Clark saying, ditch the bitch. Now, that's no, nasty. No, no, no. It's Cal- totally different. Calvin's rhyming little poem was fun. It was, it was a bit of fun. It wasn't nasty. I think it was another nail in Calvin's uh, yeah. aspirations for any... Let's- more Trish, senior posts. I want to know what you've got to say, but let's have a listen to what he said. This is the poem where, which Davis basically, if you didn't catch it on election night, was warming up for Jacinda Ardern, and he he did a little speech doing the poem, characterising the National Party as the blue tanifa out to ruin the world of light. Let's begin where I ended, tanifas descending on our land to bring the world of hope and light to a cold, dark blue end. Now, Trish, um, you were saying that you think this just puts the final nail in the coffin of him being the deputy PM. I I just thought it was so poorly judged. It was a very important moment for him. He had the whole audience there. And I know people in in Labour have said, oh, well, he was just warming up the Labour crowd. This was nationally televised. And I think the telling thing was that the major networks actually switched off it because it was such a a disgrace. Uh, And, and, Actually, overall in this election, I think we have seen uh, we have seen a, a slightly softer style. We haven't had any of the grubby politics. And there was a lovely story today out of New Plymouth where Jonathan Young lost his seat after three or four terms. Uh, there's a tradition there where, where the losing MP turns up at the local club to um, congratulate the winning MP. And Labour supporters in the club stood and gave a standing ovation to Jonathan Young, the, the national MP, as he came in. And I think that that is the kind of politics in New yeah, Zealand yeah. we want. Yeah, I, it did. It felt a little bit off, or, you know, just, just off the beat, didn't it, Chris? Look, look, Heather, the only fault I had with it was it was a bit long because the crowd was all waiting to hear Jacinda speak. Mm. But it was, look, it was a bit of fun. You know, Barry and I had a sharp exchange earlier. It was nothing like the stuff that Helen got dumped with, Helen Clark got dumped with in 2008. Yeah, but he, stuff she didn't like, get dumped like Ditch by, the Bitch and so on. MP, That's nasty. Chris. But this, this was actually... You know, it was funny. Does it, it make a difference, Chris, as Barry keeps trying to say, does it make a difference that the people who were doing that were punters out in the street, but the people who did it this time is the person who, who might well be the Deputy Prime Minister? I, I, you've got a point there, Heather, except it, it wasn't nasty. <laughs> it was it was tongue-in-cheek. It was, well, you know, it was it was light-hearted. It, 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 it was a warm-up. It's been panned, though, hasn't it? It's yeah. been roundly but panned. I, I agree with Trish in that, you know, people conceding defeat and being gracious. I saw that at Northcote, actually, later on, on, on Saturday night where Dan Bidois came down and conceded to Shannon Halbert. And I thought that was very gracious of him. I have to say that in the five elections I won, the national candidate never conceded to me. But but that's not 
to say that that doing that is a it, it's a good thing to do. Mm. You should. It's it's been gracious, Barry. It seems to me that you know. I mean, I I kind of I feel like Jacinda Ardern cannot put this man into the deputy prime ministership. Not only for this, but for all of his past faults and just the fact that nobody has any confidence in him. Very few people have confidence in him. But as we've spoken about in the past, the Labour Party's Maori Caucus really wants to have him in there. So what can she give them to basically make them back off? Can she give them lots of ministerial portfolios or what? Or another Māori deputy leader to become deputy yeah, prime who? minister. I mean, it just well, feels so token, the diffi- doesn't it? That's the difficulty they've got. They've got a bigger Māori caucus now than they've ever had. And it's going to be really difficult uh, to make a change because I'm sure that Willie Jackson will jump up and down and say that the change is not going to be made. And what Labour has really now got to do is to not only hang on to the six MPs, uh, Māori MPs that it's got left, it's got to um, you know, be weary that uh, the Māori party itself is likely to be in Parliament and uh, really they have to look after the Māori vote. And if yeah. they don't, and if they dump uh, Calvin Davis, yeah. it, uh, she could uh, yeah. really She's become a little She's going to have to throw them a lot of candy if, they want, if she wants to take him off. And as, as uh, you just heard, you are with the final front bench, Barry So, Patricia and, and Chris Carter. Barry, I want to come to you on this one first. Jacinda Ardern has promised a government for all New Zealanders. Do you expect that it will be a centrist government? Oh, absolutely. She's got no choice. And, you know, in her acceptance speech, she um, made that point quite strongly. And I think uh, what underlines that in particular is essentially Labour's incursion into the provinces. Now, it had a small provincial caucus. It's been swelled now to 16, and that includes 13 electorates and list MPs, uh, making it a powerful block in its own right, with seven of the MPs being new. Now, in Whangarei, of course, um, uh, that's a a knife-edge one, so they could have a 17th there. And uh, I would suggest that the provincial bloc represent a pathway uh, to Labour's renaissance in the provinces, and if it's executed well and if the provinces are looked after, then they could box National into an extended opposition, but they've really got to play this down the middle. Yeah, that's a very good point to make. And in which case, Chris, we shouldn't expect the the, the Greens to have any kind of formal arrangement really with with Labour in terms of being in Mm. Cabinet? Well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. But, but frankly, Heather, you know, I've been thinking about it like, like you guys have as well. I think both for the Greens and for Labour, uh, a loose arrangement is the best outcome yeah. because it preserves yeah. the Greens' identity. It gives them a platform in which they can advocate on issues that they feel very strongly about. Uh, Cinder has been given a, a majority mandate, so she has to respect that for the points that Barry's just made. So, uh, you know, centrist government doesn't mean a do-nothing government. I think we will see some quite um, um, important legislation that will go forward. We have a debt crisis to deal with because of COVID, yes. of course. And we have an infrastructure uh, a promise from, from Labour that has to be delivered on as well. And as Barry's made the, a good point, we now have a very strong Labour presence in the provinces. Mm. And that has to be respected. Just so I think, the, I think that word transformation, Chris, has to be put to one side at the moment. No, I think it has to be put in context, Barry. And and, and and it can be transformational. You know, Heather referenced the Clark government at the beginning of this program. 
the Clark government did some remarkable things, the Cullen Fund, the Kiwi Bank, and so on, saving New Zealand Rail. So th- those were transformational things for New Zealand. They were but they didn't, they didn't frighten the horses, Bank. Barry. Yeah. So, so that's what I think Jacinda will do. Okay, yeah. well, well, I think the centrist incursion, interestingly, it's, it's not just an attempt to get into the provinces. You've seen from the Prime Minister's uh, comments this morning, they are going to attempt also an incursion in, into business. So to try and deal with business in a new way and build a relationship there. And that was very interesting to see that Clark and Cullen, their advice in the last 24 hours to the Prime Minister has been you really need to get business on board in a way that you haven't been able to because they are at the heart of the economic recovery. It's not government that's going to create the jobs. It's actually businesses. And and that's the challenge for this government is to get the settings right for business and then get out of the way. Trish, do you think that this is, do you agree that it's an acknowledgement that um, this is a COVID vote, it's a keep the Greens out vote, as well as a Labour vote, right? So this is not a totally from this 50% of voters, an endorsement of the more radical stuff that Labour would otherwise do? No, I agree. I think there's a few things. One is I think actually international politics have also driven New Zealand voters to the polls and and a coalescence around Jacinda Ardern because we are so far from the, the nasty... Um, terribly divisive and yeah. partisan politics that, that we are seeing, particularly in the US. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a bit of that. Uh, I also think that um, that there has been the COVID thing, which has made people a lot more aware of, of politics and issues, so they got out to vote. I also think it will be really interesting to see the demographics, because I, I do think if you looked at the number of registered young voters, it had gone up, 18 to 25s. That is probably driven off uh, the cannabis referendum. So I think that probably played into it um, as well but overall I actually think it's a it's a good election to remind New Zealanders that elections matter and that their yeah. vote actually counts and yes. Auckland Central was a fantastic example of that and I think that's really good for people because you know it is it is not a good thing for democracy to see voting numbers declining and yes. declining it's great to see New Zealand turning out in force couldn't I agree think more. you take your hat off to Chloe really Swarbrick for that I think she she like no other um, aspirant MP got out and got a team out behind her and I and it was predominantly a young team so you know I think she did extraordinarily well there and and uh, uh, she could well be entrenched in Auckland Central if she makes a uh, fair fist of it. Chris, you can have the last word on this yeah. one. I think the other remarkable one was Upper Harbour, which Vinucci Walters won most unexpectedly. Again, Barry, she got out with a big team too, mm. so it matters. Yeah. Okay, you're back with the front bench. Barry Soper, Trish and Chris Carter. Now, uh, let's talk about National Week, but Chris Finlayson was with us just after five o'clock, and he told us that he thinks that they should keep Judith for 2023. Uh, I think Judith is, and I think that we have to knuckle down, get behind her. She had to stem the tide. What do you think, Chris? Is Judith the woman for 2023? Well, Helen Clark lost the election in 96, but she won in 99. So it has been done before. You know, I know a lot of commentators are talking about Chris Luxon, but, you know, he's a fundamentalist Christian. He doesn't fit into mainstream New Zealand. And Jacinda has demonstrated mainstream New Zealand wins elections. And so, uh, well, look, Clark I have a, I have a soft spot. I have a soft spot for Judith. I, I, you know, I, I, people might be surprised to hear that as I'm, you know, I'm a Labour supporter. But I think she got a, she was served a poison chalice. She worked her butt off in the election campaign. She was sabotaged from within, and she had bad luck in that silly Paul Goldsmith getting the numbers wrong. 
you know, she had everything going against yeah. her. So, so I've got a, I, I feel a bit sympathetic towards her. Yeah, actually. you know, Trish, so do I. I mean, I think some of the behaviour of these National Party MPs has been nothing short of disgraceful. I, I totally agree. And, um, you know, going back to, uh, let, let's, let's begin at the beginning. Jamie Lee Ross's behaviour for a start, yep, uh, and then um, and then the the, the people behind uh, the Muller coup this this year. I mean, you you can't help but go back to that. And, who, and can I just say, who ironically have been saved by higher placings on the list, while people that they essentially pushed out are now lost, right? Well, well, that's exactly right. And I don't think you can underestimate the impact of that on national and uh, and. Yeah. I'm not saying that 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 they that they were going to get. Um, it probably you know close to labor yeah. but i don't think they would have got uh, under under 35% had that not not happened and, can i make just one point uh, picking chris up on um, christopher luxon uh, I look back at Don Brash. He was elected in uh, 2002, that year that they were plummeted to 20% on polling day. Now, uh, so he's elected in 2002. He successfully challenged Bill English in October 2003, so in very short order, and went on uh, in 2005 almost to beat came within a percentage point yeah. of beating Helen Clark. So, look, it can be Of course, Barry, he didn't term. beat her, and it was a third election, which no. is extraordinarily hard to win. Yeah, so he it, wasn't but, mainstream. No, the point had, I'm they, saying, had they had a better leader, he probably would have oh, won. Oh, I should be in the studio. I can't over-talk Go you down Barry. here. <laughs> Let, let's Go just, for it, Barry. Let's just get the sequencing right for national, though, right? So the, the leadership is the final piece of the window dressing. Yeah. They have got so much to do actually getting uh, the mm. shop Stripped out, refitted, reorganised, restock on the new stock on the shelves in terms of new policy, and then they can put the new leader in the window. I think it's at least eighteen months before they get there, and in the meantime, they have to think about who is able to go toe to toe with Jacinda Ardern in the house, and the only person at this point with. Anywhere near the skills to do that is Judith Collins, and she proved that in the debates. Yeah, last word, Barry. You can have 20 seconds if you want. No, no, look, I I do agree with that, and I would like to see Judith Collins stay there, but the point that I was trying to make was, look, it's been done before by a first-term MP, and it certainly could be done again if he proves himself.